Welcome to NS Audio, you incredible people. Today I'm joined by guest Miles Longstreth, who's built his portfolio to $150,000 in 10 months at 22 years old. He's an expert at flipping sneakers, is building a social media marketing agency from the ground up, and continues to grow his net worth and portfolio for his future and for the long term. In our conversation today, we spoke about the sneaker flipping experience and his journey with flipping sneakers, along with investing for the long term, building a social media marketing agency from the ground up, and documenting the whole journey, and so much more. There's so much value to be extracted from this episode. And as always, to those of you who are new, new episodes of NS Audio drop every Wednesday, and if you'd like to let me know your feedback, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or reach out to me at Nitty Saran on Instagram or Twitter. Without talking too much about it, let's get right into it. Miles, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, thank you for joining me and, you know, taking the time to do this with me. So I'm really excited to be having this conversation with you. So let's get right into it. All right. Um, yeah, for sure. I obviously very much appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk some shop for the next uh, few minutes here. Of course, of course. I'm sure you can provide us with so much value. All right. So, so tell me about your backstory. You know, you're so young, 22, if I'm not mistaken, right? And you already have so much going for you and you're so accomplished. So let's start from the very beginning. Let's say someone has no idea who you are. How would you, you know, tell your backstory? Just tell us about yourself. Yeah, cool. So this is a good time. I love going into this. So uh, basically starting in high school, I was actually starting in middle school. I was always the kid kind of selling stuff. Um, like I sold a lot of Legos early in middle school and then I transitioned a kid I was selling Legos with and two taught me about shoes, um, that ended up scamming me out of a lot of money, but that's a, a different story there. So that was, it was Legos pretty much in middle school. And then I started doing shoes in high school and never really like had a ton of money to do it. So I could never do it at a super high scale cause I didn't have credit or anything. So it's pretty much just the money you had was the money I could flip, right? And obviously, you know, that does compound. It's just, it's obviously a lot slower at the start uh, as you just build up this first few thousand dollars, which was throughout high school. And then my freshman year of college, uh, which I just finished uh, actually, was when it kind of started to take off. I had my first thousand dollar month in uh, mid 2018 and then first $5,000 month at the end of 2018. And that was when I kind of started formulating the plan that I like, maybe this would really be a sustainable thing I could do long term. And then so that was when I started posting on social about it on Instagram is two years ago, January. So January 2019. Uh, and that was when I started meeting other people. And they were like, did you know you could sell on Amazon? I was like, I did not know you could sell on Amazon, you can sell books, you can sell other types of products. So it was up to that point, all I had really ever done was was shoes pretty much as an actual business. And so eventually one thing led to another, started gaining some following on social a little bit, meeting some really cool people. They taught me about what they did. I taught them about what I did and that introduced me to some other things. And then getting into 2020, um, I started um, doing like more, like really taking social media more seriously. And that just introduced me to a lot more people, you know, brought me onto different platforms. I started doing Twitter last year, just started doing YouTube last week, which I'm really, really excited about. And then into 2020, I started learning about investing too. And it was actually fantastic timing because right when I started learning, like January, February of 2020, the market took a big plunge in April of 20, or sorry, in March of 2020, right when the pandemic started and everything. So that really propelled me and showed me a lot of compounding over the last year. And 
definitely is something I'm looking forward to continuing to do much more into the future. So that that's really, you know, the few minute version of it. Uh, but basically started out, you know, was a kid always selling stuff, selling shoes. That introduced me to a lot of people online that showed me other ways to make money. Um, so now I'm investing heavily, still reselling, um, work on the personal brand, and then doing a little bit of um, Facebook ads for local businesses on the side as well, too, which I've uh, started to actually getting some traction with over the past few weeks, which has been very cool. That's really, that's really, really cool. I like how, um, you know, you started since you were young, you were like a hustler from, you know, such a young age, like you were selling Legos, and then you moved into shoes and all that. And, you know, you also mentioned, um, you know, how you the journey from 2018, 2019, 2020, I love to see how you progress throughout that. And, you know, you said you had your first $1,000 month, $5,000 month. I love seeing all that. And then now you're, you're constantly growing. You're an inspiration to me as well. Like you're always tracking your net worth and all that sort of stuff. So I'll be getting into that a little a bit more uh, in, later in this podcast episode. But first, I want to talk more about that early stage of flipping. So you went from Legos to shoes. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, so, so um, yeah, this is a... Uh... It's very interesting. So there's the same way there's like an online like money Twitter. There's the same type of thing for like pretty much everything, but especially for Legos, there's a big online community of people doing Legos, like building stuff. And like, so then there's opportunities to make money. And I did, I did both definitely, but it, I always just, for some reason, I was always interested in like selling, trading with people, bargaining, negotiating everything. And that led me to that kid introduced me to shoes and he didn't really resell. He was more in it to like, you know, get cool stuff. He would resell so he could get capital to buy cool stuff to wear. But that always didn't really click for me. I just eventually like started mainly just focusing on that. Um, and then so that was like a cool introduction to business, like negotiating, learning how to take photos, learning how to meet people online. And I think the way like a lot of people, maybe they're meeting people online, like through video games and such. I never did any of that stuff. It just happened to be like through the business stuff I was screwing around with that ended up introducing me to people online, which obviously is, as we both know, and probably a lot of people listening know, when you put yourself out there and like say what's working for you, you know, money and opportunities come your way. And I think I'm definitely living proof of that. And I'm excited to continue to do stuff like that for many, many years to come. I love to hear it. And when did you start flipping sneakers? Because, you know, you yeah, yeah, so this is interesting. So it was in 2014, which is like seven years ago at this point. But I never really made any money till like significant. Like I didn't have my first thousand dollar month till 2018 because I've never I've never had a job that paid over nine bucks an hour. So it's definitely hard, like when your margins are tight, like 10, 20 percent margins. And like each pair might cost $120. Like that's a lot of time just to be able to even buy one of those to then flip, right? And obviously that compounds, but like it was definitely hard at the start. And because there was no like content on how to do it. Like now you can look up on YouTube, like how to resell shoes. Like you can swipe on different apps and like just see people talking about, it. but there's nothing like that like three, four years ago. Um, and I totally would have wished I would have been that person that was like making content about it years and years ago, but I didn't really know much either. Um, so you kind of had to just try and learn by a lot of experimentation back in the day. Um, and same thing today, With, but there's definitely a lot of more free information available today. Definitely. And I like how you're documenting the whole journey. Like you're all over social media. I see it, TikTok, Instagram, you know, Twitter, now YouTube, like you're documenting it for people now, like your, you know, past self would have looked up to you now. So I find that to be. Yeah, that's a very good point. I saw a really, really cool quote. I forget who it was from, but I saw it this weekend. 
this guy talking about YouTube, he was like, be the YouTuber that you want to you want to watch. And so that you bring up a very good point. I've never thought about that from a you know social perspective on like Instagram, Twitter, whatever. But I think we all kind of at least should work towards, you know, being the person that we want to learn from and we want to, you know, be inspired by putting that content out on our own. I like that a lot, what you just said. Now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you always got to become, you know, who you could be so that your past self, you look back at it, you know, and you're like, that's the person my past self could have looked up to. And you do look up to yourself when you when you notice that sort of growth. But also, um, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. So I want to know why sneakers out of all things oh yes honestly like it's it's hard to explain but like you know sneakers are cool like they're a very like individual type of thing like a person's shoes typically say a lot about them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. honestly like it could have been like i'm sure if that kid was selling on amazon like i would have probably started selling on amazon but it just happened to be that was it and it like kind of made sense to me at the time like you know there's famous athletes those famous athletes have brand deals right nike adidas and all that and that was right actually right around when kanye signed with adidas and they started mass producing yeezys and like it went super mainstream like people wanting to have nice shoes and everything so it was honestly just coincidentally like i'm sure if it was probably if it was any other type of like hustle i would have started doing that but i don't know it just happened to make sense and i was a basketball player too so i was like relatively in tune with like what was cool at the time I see. I like how that connects. You were a basketball player and, you know, it's just the timing. I like that. So, you know, you're pretty much, I would consider you like a sneaker flipping expert, but like I have zero knowledge or expertise about sneaker flipping. So if someone like me wanted to know the overall business model, what process does it take to flip sneakers? Like from going out and buying them to getting them to sell? Just tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot easier than it used to be. So basically, there's these apps now um, called StockX, which is a big one. They do a lot of advertising. And then Goat is another one. And they have very similar, pretty much identical business models. The way they work is they're a third-party marketplace, but it's completely anonymous. And they authenticate every sale. So you don't actually ship DTC direct to consumer. You ship it uh, straight to their warehouse where they then authenticate it. So it's a completely scam-proof process for both the buyer and the seller. And it's kind of, it's a very like similar structure to like a kind of like an Uber Eats or something, but for like shoes and everything, like same way Amazon, they typically middleman every transaction. It's a little bit different. Um, But because, you know, a lot of people's big thing about buying shoes from random people on the internet is they don't want to get scammed and they don't want fakes. Those marketplaces completely eliminated. And this is the really next level thing is you're able to see sales history so you can see what a shoe was selling for six months ago, what it was selling for yesterday. Like, so you can see trends in this different stuff. So some people like do long-term shoe investing. I don't really do much of that, but you can get a sense of what a shoe's market is um, like really, really easily. So it's really easy to tell what is a buy and what isn't, especially after you've been doing it for a while. I see. That's really cool. And you bring up, you know, StockX and Goat. Are there any other platforms you use when flipping? Yeah, so those are the those are the two I personally use. Um, Amazon FBA is like obviously the big one, but uh, a lot of the bigger brands you can't sell, or like most people can't sell, so I can't sell them. So otherwise, I would do it on there. Uh, some people do eBay. I've never been a huge eBay guy. Some people like sell through their social platforms. Um, I just prefer the main, more streamlined business model through the app. But there's tons of different ways. Like there's big stores like in in new york city called flight club some people do a lot of consignment through there uh, but i mainly just stick to doing stuff on the apps i see i see that's really cool and 
how do you choose the shoes you you know you decide yeah yeah so these days i'm in a lot of discord channels where they post links to shoes so like there's people say a sale on finish line happens finish line tweets out that there's a sale there's people in the group that'll go on to finish line and find stuff that's profitable and send links to it in the group so typically like sometimes if they say like just buy this buy this buy this like there's a sense of urgency i'll just go buy right away but typically i have a decent sense of the market on stuff so i'll head over to the app check the market on check the sales history you know if it's sold if one size is sold twice in the past you know week or so and there's only a few on the on the listing a few available for sale probably makes sense to buy as long as there's a good margin i see i like that teaches us something right because like when you surround yourself with people who are doing exactly what you want to do it can bring you further you know having that sort of resources and i always say like you know you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with people who have no idea what you want to do and trying to give you advice on something they've never done before right so i think it's really cool that you surround yourself with people who are doing the same thing as you and you find that as a resource so is this uh you know sneaker flipping thing do you see this as a long-term thing or are you planning to stop soon or yeah, so I definitely think I definitely see it as a at least like the next five years. Like as long as it's fun and like pretty viable, like totally. I'm I mean definitely doable. Hopefully I'll continue doing it for a while. But um, I'm not like super like a huge like I I'm not gonna need like tens of millions to be pretty happy. Like I'm gonna be very happy with a million or two because just off compounding, like that's gonna probably take care of me for the rest of my life. Like just off compound interest, so. Hopefully in the next five years, I can get that first, uh, that first million. And that'll take obviously a ton of, a ton of hard work and everything, but I can definitely make it happen. Like with, the uh, different ways of making money online and everything, but I, I don't know if it'll be around like 10 years down the line, but hopefully don't even have to worry about it. I'm sure you can make that 1 million within the time span that you're aiming for, because you're already accomplished so much with, um, you know, your, your financial journey and everything. So now that leads me into, I want to talk about more um, investment and your financial journey, because I see on social media that you're documenting the entire thing. Like, so I want to talk about that and how you were able to build a $150,000 portfolio in 10 months. So tell yeah. me more about that and how you hit such a huge number. Yeah. So it is a little like, it's kind of, that's not like, honestly, like, I don't know if I should put it completely that way, but like I had money before I started the portfolio, but it was all invested in shoes. It was actively being flipped. Right. So it's not like it wasn't liquid cash or anything, but yeah, I kind of figured out that investing was a good idea. Like last year around this time, pretty much. And then when the market fell off a cliff, I started going hard with it. Like really like if I'd had a shoe for six months, like screw it, I'll just liquidate it and take a 10% loss. Like that's fine when over time, like in a year based on average market returns, I'll break even and then that money's just gonna grow, right? So basically like in March last year, the market dropped like 40 or 50%, something a, a lot. And then I just started like pretty much like March, I think I put 12 grand in and then like six and then uh, 10 and then like six and then like 22 one month. And it's just a lot. Like uh, I was, I really realized that like this can really like set me up long-term. So I got to take advantage of it and just continue to really go hard with that, just plowing money into it and then let the compounding do the work over the, you know, my thirties and forties and stuff like that. So you bring up compounding a lot. So is that like you, is your like um, investing investment strategy long term? You see yourself trying to build financial freedom in the long term. Is yeah. That what you're oh, seeing? super long term. Like I just use like a really broad investing strategy. Like um, 
basically like an index fund is like a really well diversified collection of stocks, right? It tracks a certain index, which the one I, the one I buy is pretty much every public company in the U.S. So it's pretty much as diversified as you can be. So as long as like obviously it's heavily weighted towards like the Amazons, Googles of the world, Apples and everything and Microsoft, all that. But so as long as those don't fall off a cliff, like and the total economy doesn't, I mean, go to like there's pretty much no way I can lose over the long term, at least like on a, on average, like when it all evens out. Definitely, definitely. Long term is how you win, honestly. And, you know, you say you got into this in March 2020. So that was like when the pandemic was beginning. And, you know, as many people were starting to panic, you decided to put money in. What made you want to do that? Uh, like, honestly, just listening to the right people, I think, like understanding that, like, it's very bad time right now, like as, as it still is with a lot of things going on. But like, over time, like, you know, companies continue to grow. People keep buying iPhones. People keep buying computers from Microsoft. They keep buying stuff on Amazon. Like, I can, you know, buy little pieces of those companies and they can do well. Like, they'll probably continue to do well over the long term. I like that. I like that. You know, surround yourself with the right people. Listen to the right people. And, you know, in chaos, there's opportunities sometimes. And you always, you brought up, you know, app companies like Apple and Amazon, and they're all part of the, you know, um, index fund that you're invested in. They, I hear you love a lot, VTSAX. So is that the only thing you're invested in, if you're not, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, for sure. So that's what I did the first. So I did, uh, my goal was 100K in that, in my Roth IRA and brokerage, which are two different types of accounts. And then I set the goal to just do 100K of it in just the brokerage. So like that was another like 25 grand latter part of last year. And then like I, I'm young. So I'm a lot of people like pretty much on average, like no one can beat the index over the long term, like 20, 30 years. But I really believe in a lot of the tech companies over the long term, at least for like the next 10 or 20 years. So what I've been doing is buying a tech ETF as well through Vanguard, which is heavily weighted towards um, heavily weighted towards like apple microsoft and all those so i i am kind of gambling a little bit on them continuing to totally outperform but i know i'm confident in it and more than willing to take that you know small risk i see and to someone who doesn't know what an etf is or what an index fund is what would you say they are the both of yeah them? honestly i'm not even a great person to an- answer those questions <laughs> like, I, would, I would definitely do your own research but basically like funds that track a specific whether it be set of stocks sector or really index as a, like a collection of stocks but I'm, I'm really not a good person to technically like answer the definitions and stuff but like kind of like a big collection of of stocks that are you buy a, a little portion of each stock in one particular like bundle of stocks kind of in the fund and then as they grow you make money well, that's perfect that's perfect i mean and so you know you I also brought up, you know, VTSAX and you say you're invested in something else as well, the ETF. But, you know, there are so many other Vanguard index funds like VU, like that's the one I'm invested in. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. So I mean, the main difference, like they're very, very similar, pretty much like exactly different um, or exactly the same. Uh, VTSAX is just slightly more diversified, which I don't know, for whatever reason is the one I decided to buy. But yeah, they're very, very similar. I see. That makes me curious now. Like, what do you mean by diversified? Yeah. So, yeah, VU, VOO is the, it tracks the S&P 500 index, which is the top 500 companies. And VTSX mm-hmm. tracks the total U.S. market, 
which obviously is still heavily weighted towards those top 500 companies, but does give a lot, uh, does give exposure to the smaller ones in the mid caps as well. I see. Okay. Yeah. I never knew that. That's interesting. That's and interesting. you can, you can like over the long term, they're going to perform like very, probably very similar. They have in the past. Um, it's just slightly more diversified with VTSAX. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for explaining that. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, but also like, what made you become so financially invested in your future? Because some, uh, you know, your honestly, pe- some like, people your age. To be yeah, like really insecure and in saying it, like not trusting myself in the future and like really wanting to get it set up well now. Like and not <laughs> wanting to like have to, you know, do stuff that I don't want to after like the next few years. I see. So you're thinking about, you know, you are like just having this conversation with you for the past, what is it, almost 20 minutes? It's like I can hear that you're like a long term person. I like that. Yeah. Um, so what's the deeper purpose or motivation behind constantly tracking your net worth and increasing it? You told me that, you know, you just want to, you know, set everything up at a young age now so you don't have to do anything at an you know, older age. But is there a deeper purpose or motivation behind tracking your net worth and growing it? Constantly? Yeah. So, I mean, selfishly, like it is a way to, you know, build an audience and everything that if I do decide to, you know, I could write a book on investing right now and probably make like a, a quick bag. But uh, I mean, definitely like, uh, you know, an ebook or whatever. But uh, yeah, not really. It's not too much more to it besides like, you know, it being fun to be transparent and meet people and like, you know, try to at least show what's working for me to other people and everything, but not too much more to it, honestly. I see. I think that's, I still think that's amazing. Like you documenting, like when you have, whenever you post like on your Instagram stories, I always watch your Instagram stories and whenever you post something like your net worth or something, it always inspires me because I'm almost turning 16 uh, in March. Right. And it's like, I'm young too. And it's like, I can start to track my net worth. Whenever I think about like me tracking my own net worth, I think of you automatically because you're always the one posting it on social media. So I think that's really cool that you inspire other people to do the same. Um, but finally, I just want to talk a little bit more about SMMA, social media marketing. Yeah, yeah. Because, Sweet. Yes. Um, so because you were um, bringing it up earlier also. So, you know, I see you run a Facebook ads agency business. So tell me more about that. What made you want to start the, you know, venture or your journey, your uh, general journey with it? Yeah. So I'm like totally like not the best person to talk. I'm no expert on it and everything. I just, you know, the nice thing is like all Facebook ads are public. Like you can view every ad Nike's running, every ad, any business that's running Facebook ads is running. So it's really easy to see what works, right? You can see if Nike's running an ad that's been running since July they're not going to just be burning money like it's profitable and that's working. So you can gain a lot of inspiration by, you know, what's what ads a chiropractor in Los Angeles is running probably would work, you know, running a similar thing for that a chiropractor in, you know, New York City, right? So basically like I just kind of over the summer like started, you know, looking cuz reselling is very space intensive, like you need a lot of space and a lot of upfront capital, which isn't the biggest issue. Um, but I definitely wanted a way that I could completely just run a business straight from a laptop. And so for the first months I was like terrible at it. Uh, I definitely like got a client here and there, you know, made a little bit of money here and there. But over the past few weeks, I really zeroed in on one niche, did a lot of free work to get testimonials. And now I have like a, um, a pretty like sustainable, scalable system that I can plug in with like any type of beauty salon or not any type, but any, like any location, like geographically of and like do a lot of good things for them and that involves like not just running ads but i i kind of brought all that follow-up 
and all the appointment bookings in-house as well and use this software called High Level, which is like a really, really cool software that does all the texting for you, email marketing and all that, and just brought that all together and like put it together for some different beauty salons and, and probably some uh, physical therapists coming up as well. I see, I see. And you say, um, you know, so you you run Facebook ads and you say that, you know, ever since you started to niche down then you started to you know have laser focus and start to make more money with oh, it oh yeah so what's it the so importance better. of yeah, niching down you run yeah you run the same ads for everyone pretty much like what like i said what works for a chiropractor in pennsylvania would work for one in oregon pretty obviously you customize it a little bit but it, it's like very similar so yeah so definitely like being active in facebook groups of business owners helped a lot with that um like you can work for free to get testimonials and then you know, if you do a great job, you may be able to help the people like work long term with the people you did the free trials for, or, you know, they might know another chiropractor, another realtor, stuff like that. So you can, you can really build out a cool referral network, which this is like my first month that I'm going to make like probably like five grand from it. And then I'm going to, at the end, everyone that like continues with me, I'm going to offer like a big referral, uh, commission too, if they, if they're interested. And then I think I'll really be able to take off. Cause it's not like, it's pretty like kind of set it and forget it besides like checking in with people and everything. Cause like once you find a system that works, like ads that work, you kind of just run with them. And so I'm a few weeks out from probably having that pretty solidified. That's definitely a really smart way of going about it and, you know, getting testimonials and doing free work. That's definitely a good way to put yourself out there and also collect case studies and just oh, show yeah. that you're a reliable, trustworthy definitely. person. Um, so obviously, when you start a social media marketing agency, you need some sort of skill. Otherwise, you can't sell some sort of service. So how did you learn face? You know, how did you learn to run Facebook ads that actually Honestly, work? Because anyone YouTube can videos. run ads. YouTube videos like and that's the thing, like most local businesses are terrible at marketing and they don't want to spend the time to learn how to do Facebook ads, learn how, or the money to test out on ads that they don't know are going to work. So what I did was I learned how to do it, like the technical side from YouTube videos. And then I used, um, I, so I, and then I looked at what was working for uh, my first client I ever had was real estate. So I looked at other real estate brokerages in the area, what type of ads they were running and then kind of formulated my own strategy for the client I was working with. So I was literally like, literally anyone could have done that. You just, you know, spend a few hours learning on YouTube videos, which I definitely wouldn't recommend doing that. I would definitely get the uh, the agency course by Matthew Pegg these days for anyone on Twitter. Um, but uh, and then that that helped a lot once that came out in November. That taught me a lot of sales skills and everything. But I know I loved like it's been it's been really cool. Like I haven't made a ton of money off it yet. I think I, I may in the future. But it's been really cool to learn, like learn some sales skills, you know, learn outreach and everything, relations, all that. That's been very helpful. Definitely. I like how you brought that up because there's a lot of skills that you can learn from social media marketing. It's just so much is put in it, even though it's just a laptop business. Like you said, you know, you wanted something that you can easily just do from your laptop. You still learn so much from it. Right. Um, so how do you find clients for your Facebook ad services? Yeah. So the nice thing is like pretty standard Instagram DM, Facebook DM and, uh, little bit of cold email here but salons don't really check their email too much so a lot more of cold cold instagram dms and then i what i do is what i did with one client i got great results for during a free trial i told her i'll work for you for free as long as anytime i need you to take a call of someone who's on the fence 
or comment on like a post in a Facebook group that's like, hey, who do you guys use for marketing? Like, how do we get, how do I get clients? I text her a picture of it and she comments like, oh, I use Miles Longstreth. Like he's got me X results. I made X amount of money, all that. Um, So that was like, that was definitely the biggest thing. Cause now like occasionally I'll get inbound leads too, which are obviously way easier to sell. Definitely. Um, people who are already interested. Yeah. So like I've signed five clients in the past, like two weeks, probably get one or two more this, this, uh, this week and this week. And then, you know, looking a month down the line, if I can retain 50 to 80% of them, we're looking at some nice MRR. And if I can retain them once, there shouldn't be a reason why I can't continue to deliver. And then, offer some referrals here and you know really start making some decent money with it that's amazing miles i like everything that you're doing like you just you just hustle at it like there's a lot of people who make excuses like oh i don't have time and i don't have all this but you got sneaker flipping you got investing you got you know social media marketing you have so much that you're doing and it just inspires me and it also you know serves as some sort of inspiration for so many people that are listening to this as well but what general advice do you have for people who want to get into social media marketing um in the agency space uh, yeah so what's honestly some general like you would i would start the the agency course by matthew Pake. honestly it's like 80 bucks it's like completely worth it that's what i would do regardless of whether you want to do ads web design like content for people seo any of that like definitely do that because that'll teach you like the outreach methods and everything really how to structure professionally and like sales and everything but i don't know definitely like you can't go wrong with youtube videos you're definitely going to get a watered down version of it like i did but you're still going to learn like the basic skills where you can you know run ads better than the majority of people like local business owners in your town can for sure and you just probably do a free trial here or there, gain some case studies, you know, look for referrals here and then to start grinding on outreach. The more DMs you send, the more people who you're going to find that are interested just based off the numbers. Definitely, you know, keep track of your numbers as well. Um, and I like that, you know, just, you know, Matthew's course is incredible, you know, invest in yourself, 80 bucks, you can earn that right back um, with the information he's getting to. Yeah, and it um, saves you time and everything. Like, it, it, 80 bucks for, like, 10 hours of content is, like, 8 bucks an hour. Like, you could spend 30 hours watching YouTube. Sure, you might learn a lot of the stuff, but you have to consider what your time's worth. Definitely, because it's all, you know, put together and structured a certain way yep. in the course, so I think it would be so much better. Uh, so before I let you go, if you could say one last thing to the audience, what would your oh, message yeah, be? Oh, yeah, I love every podcast to say the same thing. Start a social media account documenting whatever you're interested in. I see. I like that. Yes, because it's exactly what you're doing. You know, model success for miles. Those who are listening, he's, you know, building some sort of financial freedom He's for his future. And you've listened to it throughout this almost 30 minutes of a podcast. And he's documenting the whole thing. And like I said, throughout this entire episode, like, you inspired the hell out of me, Miles. I'm just oh, saying. Thanks a lot. Um, Same so, to you, though. Like, that's the thing. Course. I can't imagine knowing what you know at 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm really blessed. And, you know, to have you in my network as well is just incredible, you know? So I love to hear it. And, you know, thank you for taking the time to explain all of this to me and the people listening. And uh, so where can people find you? Yeah, on for media? sure. So it, uh, Instagram and Twitter, which are my main two platforms, are uh flips the number four miles so flips for miles uh miles m-i-l-e-s um and then uh youtube which is the main platform I'm really looking to, to grow in the future is miles longstreth miles with an i l-o-n-g-s-t-r-e-t-h 
Awesome. Well, it was really fun talking to you. It was a real pleasure. And I'm sure the audience and I both extracted so much value from this. So thanks for being on. Yeah, for again. sure. I appreciate really appreciate it. it. Looking forward to listening to some of the more episodes soon. Talk to you soon.